0: 2000s was a really interesting time for video games because you had Sony and Microsoft with these established consoles and video games, exclusive games out there, but then all of a sudden Microsoft came in with the Xbox and a lot of games started coming out for all three consoles, which led to this battle of which console and game do I get, right? Exclusive features, which game looks better on X and Y console. Now, not all games came out for the PS2, the GameCube, and the original Xbox, but Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, did fall under that category. Released in 2003, it was praised for its fluidity and graphics. Now, how much, how well does this uh, game hold up in 2020? We're gonna be talking about that right now with a brand new episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new one coming out every single Sunday for all of you people out there. We're going into a time period that we haven't covered too much here, but This is like our our teen years, if you will, with yours truly, Juan Velas from Puerto Rico joining me from Boston, Massachusetts, we have Ryan McNulty. Now, Ryan, in your case, 2003, which games were you playing around that time?
1: I think I was playing a lot of WWE-type games, maybe a little bit of Animal Crossing and some Wind Waker, if I I got my timeline right, but around that 2003-2004 era... Um, was a lot of GameCube, because that was during this generation, the GameCube, Xbox, PS2 era. Uh, I spent most of that generation with just the GameCube, and then towards the tail end had Xbox and PS2. So a lot of time with the GameCube, a lot of Luigi's Mansion, uh, Mario Sunshine, uh, not, not as much, but uh, a lot of, lot of great games, and I do love that console.
0: I don't know if it's bad or good, but many of those games are still super relevant today, right? Uh, now mm-hmm. from London, Ontario, we have Keith Hamilton. Same thing, man. 2003. Uh, which uh, which kind of games were you playing? Whether it be a, a general genre or a particular console.
2: So from this generation, I only owned a PS2. I came to the GameCube late. I. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I bought it like long after I knew you guys and bought it to play WrestleMania nineteen just because you guys raved about it so much. But so good. I it was a lot of PS two, a lot of WWE games, your Here Comes the Pain and uh, Shut Your Mouth. Uh, a lot of God of War was out by this point, right? Yeah. Probably I, believe I so. played a lot I of that. So. A lot of Tony Hawk's Underground, the Tony Hawk games were a big staple of mine around this time, but like 3, 4, and uh, Underground, all for the PS2, those are big ones for me, and I was really into the sports games, but the arcade versions of the sports games. Like, the first PS2 game I ever played was NHL Hits, that was I don't a remember fun game. which one, and I played a lot of NHL Hits, great game.
0: I was more of an NBA Streets guy, but... I think I was pretty much in the same ballpark where I was playing a lot of GameCube games. And I remember uh, I was subscribed to GamePro at this time. So uh, one of the games that I would always see uh, pop up with these incredible graphics and they were hyping it up around that time uh, was Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. So this is not the first pop game to come out. This goes all the way back to when I was born, 1989. So many people played the original ones Did you guys play those side-scrolling Prince of Persia games that much like this one, it was about trying to be very careful, but those games were super unforgiving. Did you get a chance to play them at any point?
2: Before this experience, I had never
0: touched a Prince of Persia game, so no. Oh, really? But had you known that this was not where this uh, series started? Not really, maybe in
2: passing, but... If I knew about them, it was because of this game. It was because of the stuff coming out about this game. I would never really. It was like that. That and Ninja Gaiden were the two weird ones for me. Like I never touched the Ninja Gaiden NES games, but once that Xbox One came out and that uh, that uh, that eventually got ported to PS3, like that's when I really started learning about Ninja Gaiden. Prince of Persia is very similar in that way to me. What about you, Ryan? Uh,
1: yeah, it was kind of similar. Well, I will say I, I've never played a Prince of Persia game until this game. Like for the first time for this podcast, i had only just heard about this. Game for a long time and knew that a lot of people considered this like the best of the series and it kind of revitalized the series. So when I heard about this game, that's when I did eventually hear that, oh, there's, you know, previous games, kind of like Metal Gear Solid. Like I first heard about the PS1 game, I had no idea that they had like NES games and stuff too. So kind of a similar tracking
0: in that respect. Yeah. So for everybody watching and listening, if you want to support the podcast, the best way you can do so is by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcast, Stitcher. We have a a Discord over at com slash Discord. We're actually going to be pulling up a Discord comment at the end of this, because much like with this game, a lot of games around this time, you would get the trilogy, so it's like GameCube, Xbox, and PS2, but you had the Game Boy Advance around there, so they would make these uh, side-scrolling ports uh, of that, but... Uh, Talking about this game, uh, other games that came out around this time, just so we know, it's like this is an action platform puzzler. So I was very surprised that Ryan, being a huge fan of the Legend of Zelda games, had not really experienced this game because I definitely got some things that I think were inspired by Zelda. And then this game inspired future games, so I would love to get your comment on that. But you guys said it, you know, we also got Mario Kart Double Dash, uh, Beyond Good and Evil, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So how how important or key do you think this game was based on what we played uh, going back to 2003? Do you think this, this game is or was like in, in that top tier video game food chain?
2: Not really. I don't know if I'd put it top tier, but I'd put it like... If we're talking A pluses, I would put it at about an A. I'd think for 2003, this game did a lot. I think it's really impressive to look at and look at it in the vacuum of 2003, and then think about it for what it inspired afterwards. Like I think where this game might, if you if you look at it on its own, there is a lot of shortcomings. But the shortcomings of this game um, being lessons that future games learned, I think it makes this game incredibly impressive. And I respect it for that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree that, you know, through the, you can see the groundwork that's being set for, you know, the, a lot of the games we play today. And, how this game inspired, you know, action, you know, multi-enemy action combat and things like that, that a lot of influences, like it's, it's the stripped down version of the games we play today, but you can see this is kind of where the foundation for a lot of those games were set. And this game, you know, got a lot of praise during its time and i had always heard a lot about it. I had even, you know, I'd seen my friend play this game a little bit, but other than that, I only kind of just knew of the gimmick and I had seen the movie, which we could maybe get to at the end. But um you can you can definitely feel the influences that it led, you know, the games that it
0: inspired. Without question. So I think that this is one of those games where the, the gameplay mechanics far outweigh any possibilities of the story. So I would love one of you two to talk about the story in a little bit and and the little that maybe we comprehended or, or cared about honestly, but This game, what makes it special? It's not just an action-oriented game. So, some of the key mechanics, right? You have a slow motion. So, uh, this way, if you're feeling overwhelmed in battle, you can do that. You can also drink water randomly, even during battle, uh, to uh, completely heal yourself. You can run up walls. You can run to the side. This can help you block obstacles. And I think this was definitely one of the bigger things, because it's like how fluid this all becomes. You can also use the Sands of Time. So, say you fall to your death and you don't want to start the stage all over. You can actually choose to rewind up until a certain point and you can redo that. And I don't really remember other games doing anything like that. What about you guys? When
2: did did Blinks the Time Cat come out?
0: I mean, that was an Xbox game. Actually, please look that up. That is like one of the weirdest informations, but... (laughs) But before, like...
2: October 7th, 2002, you heard it, Blinks is a revolutionary.
0: Okay, so, (laughs) hey, I got nothing to say about this game, but going back to, like, the early 2000s, how many other games had you guys played where part of the mechanics is redo, undo, and these things that were maybe not that common for other games?
2: Well, I think this game did a lot to fix one of the biggest problems of this generation, and that's loading times. This game gives you the option to completely like skip the whole death loading screen, try again, and maybe die again, continue loading screen that a lot of the big games of this generation were kind of riddled with. It would it felt very uh, it felt very seamless and in like not in a handholdy kind of way. I dug it. The mechanics of this game, I think, are easily its strongest point.
1: yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a great tool that they they were able to use you know you can use the time stuff for both combat and platforming but for me where it really shines is the platforming because every platforming sequence really is like a puzzle and you're trying to figure out what the best maneuver is to get to where you need to go and naturally when you have A lot of these where sometimes timing is involved and sometimes um, just doing the right jump or getting the right wall kick, which can sometimes be tough to time, that the fact that you have this time mechanic where, okay, you did 90% of it right, but you made one screw up, like you don't get punished for that entire sequence. Um, you're able to rectify, you you can correct that one mistake you made instantly and be right back where right before you screwed up, which is really nice and helps helps continue the fluidity of the game where it's like, okay, this one screw up doesn't have to sour the entire experience until the and, end.
2: <laughs> and that's exactly it, yeah, until the end. But that's just something that these these type of games kind of live and die on. It's the flow of it. Because once you hit that stride and you're just jumping everywhere and you're hitting every uh, platform that you need to hit and hitting all your swings, like it feels awesome. That's when these games do their best work. And I would even go as far as saying like up into recent releases, this can be valid. But when you kind of miss and you're not on that beat and you're just kind of beating your head against the same jump and you miss it by a little bit and you have to start the whole thing again like it completely destroys the flow of these types of games and it's awful and the fact that they found a solution to that problem i think is commendable
0: yeah it's a really tricky video game because i think a lot of people can tolerate a mediocre gameplay when you have awesome story but the premise of this game is hey check out this gameplay right it is hold a controller and and witnessed the evolution of video games. So even if a little yeah, bit of that. pretty much. Yeah, so even if a little bit just felt like, just kind of like weird, just off, that completely breaks the entire experience because the game is, hey, how does this run feel? Does the jumping feel satisfying? When you learn different things, I mean... This is an iconic game that I truly believe inspired games like Sly, uh, Uncharted, Mirror's Edge. I got a lot of feeling for that now. Even like Shadows of Mordor. Well, I I think think kind of stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, Yeah. I think the most like A to B comparison, because they're both Ubisoft games, is the Assassin's Creed franchise, where this game is the basically the tech demo for an Assassin's Creed game. And that was really one of the hardest things for me to play it in 2020, having played I played every Assassin's Creed game up until Black Flag stopped and then picked up Origins again. Having played those and played those experiences, it was really weird seeing Prince of Persia because... The combat, especially, is the, that exact game. It, just instead of um, trying to, like, shank people with your dagger in Assassin's Creed, you're using a time dagger in this one to kill these monsters. Those games are so, so, so deeply inspired by Prince of Persia. It was really weird and kind of jarring to experience this game for that.
0: So could one of you two lightly explain what the story is about regarding the the Prince of Persia?
1: So, all right, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, <laughs> Thank so you. So apparently he's an unnamed prince because I was going through the game and I realized, oh, what is his name even? Um, but anyway, him and his army with his father, they go to India to visit the Sultan of Azad. And essentially, they're the vizier of a local Maharaja wanting to prevent his death, uses substance known as the Sands of Time, enticing them into attacking the palace. Basically, You get prince, to run up walls
0: and do cool stuff. Yeah.
1: The prince basically convince, is convinced to, you know, release the Sands of Time. It essentially kills everyone upset for him, that dude, and uh, Pharaoh, who is going to be your companion through the majority of the game... And yeah, everyone else has turned into these like Sands of Time monsters and you have to eventually get back and put the dagger back in, reverse time, meet up with Farrah again, tell her the whole story, which actually turns out is him now because you hear him narrating throughout the game. That's him retelling the story to Farrah who they had this whole experience together, but because he then goes back to the original time, she doesn't remember. And then able to defeat the bad guy before all these events even really take place so um, it's kind of cool how they play with time a little bit but it's very
2: very basic and really it's not about the story that was a really long-winded to say it
0: doesn't matter yeah Yeah. (laughs) i I appreciate what they had and and i do like the story aspect of as ryan mentioned and yeah like with these reviews it's naturally going to be a spoiler review we're talking about a game that came out in 2003 The fact that he's telling the story throughout the game means that you can get a little sense of a personality behind the character like, uh, say you fall down. He's like, oh wait, 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 that's not how it happened. So they actually justify whenever your character dies or something in in a fun and interesting way that does keep you motivated. But at the end of the day, what really matters uh, is just the oh the overall gameplay mechanics and experience. Yeah. So and
1: sometimes mm-hmm. the banter between him and Farrah can be funny at certain points. It's some it's usually more annoying than anything, but occasionally there's some good yeah. ones in there.
2: Yeah, I think it starts out strong as a concept, but as the game progresses, I think they kind of lose the thread on that because I was really into that idea of him kind of narrating the story, but it becomes less and less as you get. Into to the mid game and i'm i love the fact that every time you save he'll go he goes like okay i'll start the story from here next time and i I was into that but as the game went on the story kind of got like i was sitting there going like wait what what's happening they're they're weirdly in love now i did did i miss something here that seemed a little out of left field
1: force a love story you know yeah
2: you have to throw it in there and then that part fell really flat and then it was a A lot of these games like of platformers, I always find that they have issues when it comes to ending it where I don't think endings and final bosses are usually satisfying. The story of this game makes it this to a T where I was sitting there with the controller in my hand going, oh, it's over. Yeah, just because i didn't like
1: i mean there's what two boss fights in the game and they're both very
2: simplistic Mm -hmm. they're both just combat the same combat that you do most of the game
0: basically for those that haven't played it you're trying to get to to a particular spot right so it's like it's very traditional video gamey this is the castle this is the place that you got to get to and then as you keep going the the platforming gets more challenging. You know, Keith made reference to the fact that um, the Sands of Time is something that plays out through the entire game, except that very last chapter, which makes things far more challenging. Because if you fall, and you will fall, and I totally fell, oh my, oh my, we'll, we'll get and to that. And it's Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but bringing it back, bringing it back to the good stuff, to the juicy stuff about the game, starting with Ryan, knowing... Your your love for Ocarina of Time and platformers in general, what's your overall impression about Prince of Persia and then your favorite thing about it? The sense of time. So,
1: yeah. So, I would say my favorite thing about it was, and I think most people are going to agree that it is the platforming sections where... You just get into that motion and everything's clicking. I think one of the best examples of it, and, you know, this game for the most part, I think is relatively fair and um, forgiving on a lot of the, the platforming stuff. Where you know one of the example is when you're in that like prison place and you're going down the prison and you're like you're you're walking on the walls, hitting the button and then jumping off and landing on the platform and you're working your way down and it's not the most challenging thing in the world, but they knew it was gonna they made it fun. So like you know what you had to do. It wasn't like this tough thing to figure out, but they gave you that experience of like okay. Run against the wall, hit the button, jump to the platform, run against the wall, hit the button, jump like and getting into that rhythm was very satisfying. So I think they went for satisfying more than challenging for the most part. And I think that overall
2: made the game a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. So a quick side note question for you all. So um, when the game saves, it has kind of like this, oh, he's looking into the future sequence where you get to see the things that you're about to do in the game. Yeah. Did that make any sense to you guys? Or was it just a bunch of mumbo jumbo? Like, oh, okay. Did Did you guys actually use that to like plan out I, your I next moves? I did. I actually appreciated that because... Sometimes I would get stuck and
1: then I would remember that the vision showed something and that helped me figure out what I needed to do which I appreciated again keep it, like there was very few moments where I was stuck there were moments where I was legitimately stuck for really weird things but that definitely helped me flow through the game a lot faster. And does that make it easier? Yes, but at the same time, I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. In my case, I'm, gl- I'm glad you I, said I appreciated
0: that. it. But I thought that it was something that I personally didn't like to have. Or personally, I try my best to skip it whenever it was happening because it's like I, I like the sense of exploring. So when I can't match what the game is doing, I get frustrated. So I, I did watch it at the beginning, but as the game kept progressing. I just kind of started ignoring it.
2: Yeah, for me, it was very like, oh, it's just kind of there because it showed me which way I needed to go. But I mean, the game is pretty linear. So you're getting kind of pointed in that direction. Things like I know where
1: you had to drop that like sandstone block down another level and then... um, you know what I mean? You had to keep pushing that block down. Remember you had to open up like the gate and then push the block down the hole. Yeah. And then, so it was like, I got lost there for a little bit. So that vision did kind of like, I remembered, I was like, oh, okay, I got to, go down and get that block or whatever. Um, so there were sections where I did feel it was helpful in preventing me from getting stuck because I really don't get like getting stuck.
0: Yeah, I think that's the worst feeling. Now, Keith, in your case, you said the game is like an A tier and you gave mm-hmm. us like your overall impressions about it. What would you say does bring this game up to that A tier? Maybe not A plus, but A. I think
2: it's just a really solid experience. It's, it's missing that... Uh, that polish that a game from that era, like that, I would consider an A plus tier. Like very much comparing it to a God of War, which it's it's similar but different, I guess. But comparing those two games, like I would say that it's just it's a bunch of cool ideas in a package, but it's not a package with a nice little bow on it where. I, like I alluded to it earlier, I respect this game more than I like this game. I respect the things that it did as far as like platforming and combat and some, a little bit of cinematic stuff. Like all the stuff that it tries, it's cool. But it's cool because it was a lesson for other games to learn in the future. Like I really, really, really did not like the combat in this game, but they took it, and they did it and better in Assassin's Creed, so I kind of have to commend it for that, because really the combat in this game I found boring, because for 90% of the game, they switch it up a little bit at the end, but for 90% of the game, you're trying to do the same thing to the... Like, you're trying to accomplish the same goal in the first enemy of the game to the last enemy of the game. You are trying to get behind mm-hmm. him, you are stabbing him with your time dagger, and then you're going to the next guy. And it's, en- it's an endless loop of that. It wasn't very fun in this game, but hey, they made it good. Same with the uh, the cinematic stuff. It's It's a really weird comparison, but... I appreciate the fact that they attempted to throw in like little cinematic kills in this game, but every time, but it, or I guess it was random when they would throw it in. Like, oh, sometimes it would cut to a different camera when you uh, sand dagger a time. I think you can directly relate that to the later Batman games like Arkham Asylum, but they do it in a better way because that tells you that that combat is over when it does that cinematic camera. Just those little things that I think lack a little bit of polish in this game uh kind of put it down very minimally to like an a game for me instead of being like one of the best games of that generation
1: Okay, that being
0: said well go ahead
1: i was gonna say i totally agree on the combat um it started out really fun and i thought oh man this reminds me of like shadows of mordor where i can easily like jump between all the enemies but it very much became not only boring, it's but a frust- blueprint
2: that Shadow of Mordor yeah. just did way better. <laughs> yeah, it be-
1: it became boring and also frustrating towards the end when it just got like absurd. And the fact that Farah tries to help you out, but more often than not, I would get hit with the stupid arrows all the time. Yep. Like she would always yep. hit me, and it was just really annoying. And not only that, you get to protect her, so. Like, I just, the times where it's just, you feel like you're getting gangbanged the whole time and it's like really (laughs) annoying. It comes back
2: to that flow thing because once you get into a flow with combat, it's not bad. But But I got to say, go ahead. F those big sword guys. I hate those big
1: sword Mm -hmm. guys because they would, they would just mess you up in two seconds with like three hits in a row and all of a sudden you lose your life and then you drop your sword. And she'd be like, "Why'd you drop your sword?" But you're you're like, "I'm trying to run and get some damn health, woman!" Like, what is your problem? Why do you have to say that every single time? And then you're sitting there drinking, and you get the weird camera angle, and big sword guys just ready to jab it right up your ass. Like- <laughs> I do love the fact
0: that you can actually put your sword away during battle. And just like, give give me a second. Let me take a little sip. Got to take some of that 820 yeah. to bring myself Seriously, back to life.
1: I'm always like running for my life. I'm like, I know if I go around this hallway, there's water somewhere. So, I do appreciate that they make the healing available and that was definitely a plus. But, you know, Prince, man, you got to learn to drink a little bit faster because... Yeah.
2: What Holy the crap. hell is in that water that makes I that possible? That. Yeah. I,
0: I think live forever. That, going back to keith's point about the battle and everything i think the problem is they figured out a really good battle system and puzzles and everything but generally speaking they kind of just stayed there and i think that what you're bringing up is like many other games probably saw exactly this like the developers it's like hey prince of Persia did a thing and this game did spawn two sequels which i have no doubt improved upon all this we haven't played it but maybe that's something we could look in 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 the future but the f- the combat mechanics never change. Like as yeah. the game progresses, mm-hmm. the 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 jumping, the platforming, it it does change, right? It's kind of within the same categories, but the fighting never changes. It is literally hey, it you gets have another a little
2: sword. different in like the last hour, but God, you're just so done with it by then that you yeah. just like
0: don't even and then, care. And and then the other problem is their solution to many things is that. Uh, the the pacing for better or worse because we're still talking about some of the positive things is the game has a really good experience of just like large chunks of just pure exploration and puzzling and platforming right so it's like i'm really enjoying that and then they switch to the combat which i love but then 10 minutes goes on and i'm like you're just giving me more of this like I I understand it you got to make the game longer so you, you know instead of lasting five hours but the problem is they take like this Call of Duty aspect you know like the original Call of Duty games they would just keep spawning enemies unless you kept progressing that's how I felt here because it's just like well eight dudes are down guess what you get eight more and then you get eight more and then you okay and then you're done I'm like but I'm just doing the same thing. It just always works. Yeah it the, never the
1: elevator sequence towards the end well, was screw well, that, that sucked. Yeah, screw that. it was so cause so many big sword guys and like if they would mess up Farah so quick, if you went to like drink water, They it was so ridiculous. That one was definitely where I was most frustrated with the game, and then. There's another complaint. It's not as much on the combat side, but the birds and the bats can just screw off forever. <laughs> like the the birds, I'll give them a little bit of credit, but the bats were literally, I'm just going to waste your time. Yep. Like yeah. all that, all that they were there for, they're not a challenge. It's just a waste of time. You just have to sit there and wait for them to come back to you. You slash them a little bit. They fly away. They come back. You slash a few more. And it's like okay, I'm just, like I know how to kill you. It's not hard, but I just have to sit here and wait until it's done. And that I thought was the ultimate just waste of time and didn't need to be there. Did not enhance the experience or anything. The birds, I get it. You know, you can do. There's a little bit more there. You get you can block them and then hit them, or you know you get to time it or whatever. But yeah, the bats are just dumb.
0: I do think that even though we're complaining about some stuff in this game right now, let's not forget we're talking about 2003 and many of the games that you guys are talking about came out years later, right? So it's oh, like yeah. Shadow of So it is It is one of those cases. It's like, um, even in this podcast, we've reviewed Super Mario World. We've talked about like some of the best movies of all time. And it's really easy to just say, hey, it's it's a good movie or it's a good game. The mechanics feel great. So I think that whenever we're talking about any of these things... It is like, well, we've seen this done better because it's been over ten freaking years, right? That's why I, mean, I say
2: I respect the hell out of this game yeah. for everything
0: it tried. Doesn't mean exactly. I like it. Exactly. Now that being said, there are some things in this game that you know the combat, it it's never bad. It's just it it is what it is. It never evolves. So if you like it, awesome. If you don't, then it, it doesn't get worse than that. The one thing about this game that truly did break my immersion and just angered me and pissed me off and I died uncontrollably because of it, is the camera. I think this game has some of the worst camera work during this time because it is an ambitious game, right? You're you're like uh, uh, running among walls and all that, but then whenever you enter different rooms, the camera angles do change. When you're fighting, the game tries to be so cinematic, but it doesn't know how to do it. I had a couple of times where... The game thought I was in another area and my character would be like a a little ant. It actually glitched a couple of times, which just in case... That's amazing. Yeah, I I played it on uh, the original Xbox version on my Xbox One X. Uh, Ryan, what did you play it on? So, I played the
1: GameCube version on a Wii with the component cables. So, I think I had the progressive scan going. So, it actually looked pretty solid and I had like the widescreen and everything,
0: so...
2: And I played the PlayStation 2 version on a PlayStation 2 emulator
0: with a yeah. ripped disc. Exactly. Can't, can't go wrong with that. So that's like another beautiful thing about this, right? It's just one of these games that you can play across all different uh, platforms. We've talked about the fluidity, the, the combat. Uh, talk to me about the visuals about this game. Uh, I think that you two have a much better experience than I do because I played it on an Xbox One X and it does upscale at the 1080. So I did not play it looking the way it did originally back in the day. I feel like between the three of us maybe Ryan had the most a uh, viable option that people could have played. How did how did it look for you?
1: Yeah, honestly, I think the the graphics were good um for that era. You know, it's not going to be as timeless as say like Wind Waker which had, you know, that cell shaded style on the GameCube. But I think for its time it 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 looks good. Um, you know, it kind of just reminded me of what you know, good graphics look like in the GameCube era. And, you know, it's like this generation, you know, in games like this, a palace look like a palace, right? Um, And uh, a sewer look like a sewer. But, you know, you realize what the other generations kind of brought that extra detail to, areas so they just feel like these kind of like barren hallways and stuff like that and you realize oh what the ps3 the ps4 you know those generations really took detail to like a new level but it's like you you know everything looks you can tell what everything is it's just it lacks that extra touch of detail but that's just the generation you know i think for
2: for its time it looks perfectly good Mm -hmm. i think what you're actually seeing looks nice but i think it's the color palette that really kind of holds it back where, There was a lot of times in the game where I was thinking to myself, like, okay, I just got through the brown palace, and now I'm in the green palace, and now I'm in the gray area, and now I'm in the white area. And eventually it got cooler, but maybe it was too, um, like, too favorable towards trying to get that palace aesthetic where they kind of uh, sacrificed color for it. And while the environment looked cool, I think it looked cool in a
0: bland kind of way. I think that one of the reasons they maybe did it is I I'd like to think I was part of this audience. So for context, I did play this game growing up. I don't remember if I beat it or not, but I remember it looking at it uh, on a GamePro magazine and just thinking, man, like, th- this is for me, a teenager, right? It's like, oh, this is a game for, for not for kids, it's for teens. And I think this is around the time where people said hey, if you make things gray or brown, apparently it makes it more a teen or adult Gritty, oriented. Yeah. edgier. Yeah. Yeah, a yeah, lot
1: of Call of Duties are just a, you know, brown, gray. Exactly. Gray, because you know, if you really dim. think
0: about the gameplay in this game, it's super positive, right? Like even he himself, like at no point did this, did this feel like a dark game. You're jumping around, you can rewind time. So, it's like if you died, you can could totally make up for that. But I do agree with Keith's point that, visually it looks great but it looks the same throughout i think this game it's like it starts at its peak right it's uh nowadays i feel like if you made this exact same game you would have like 10 different upgrades for wall running as opposed to in this game yeah you wall run at the beginning and it's the same way at the end yeah you have much not, more
1: robust platforming abilities and moveset for combat um for sure because we really yeah, uh, about like in the game, you kind of get every single thing you're going to use, and then you never really get anything new from there. Sure, they make some of the things a little bit harder, but I don't think it gets that much harder basically until the end where you don't have the dagger anymore, and then you don't get like second chances. But sometimes you'd run into situations where the game's very stingy with giving you the time mechanic stuff. So, sometimes you have to go through a platforming sequence without any reverse time. At least that happened to me and it sucked. And again, with the camera angles, um, you know, I know there was an option where you can kind of see like a further out view. So, that did help from time to time where you could switch like it was usually the right on the D-pad, at least on the GameCube version um, where it like panned out. So, you had that like crazy effect. Um, but yeah, certain angles, especially when you're swinging on the ropes, holy crap, the camera angles pissed me off.
0: <laughs> and I think it's actually just hard to tell sometimes uh, because the colors are, are so similar. You know, many times in the game, you got to jump from one pillar to another. I had a couple of times yeah. where I'm just like standing there going, I don't know where to jump, but it's because yeah. the colors blend so together. No, for sure. That's not you, so like, obvious.
1: Um, When I was you know, towards the end of the game where you have to wall run and jump to a pillar. It was like, I could see the pillar before I did the wall run. But then when you did the wall run, like the way the
0: colors were, it was really hard to see where the pillar was. Exactly. So I like to split this into the combat is what it is. The story is what it is. This game, if you could divide it into two things, it's puzzles and it's platforming. I feel like puzzles are Or the sort of the the middle ground? It's the middle between the platforming and the fighting, right? So let's talk about that first. What did you think about this where most of them is, well, pull this and try to get to a new area before, you know, closes or move a box or try to move a specific pattern? Uh, Ryan, in your case, coming in from such a, a big Zelda background, is that something you liked?
1: I did. I thought the puzzles were pretty good. I didn't think that they were over, like... I thought, I thought that they were the right level of complicated where it wasn't overwhelming and, you know, the certain puzzles, they would give it to you kind of in chunks so that it, like I said, it isn't overwhelming and it's very digestible. Um, yeah, they have that kind of initial puzzle with like the defense system, which I thought, you know, they could have made that a complete pain in the ass, but they didn't. And they, they made it um, in a way that, it, you know, you had to think, but... It wasn't like, oh, I have to rotate this, go up and down like a million times to connect all like the the, the um, pieces or whatever. And of course, you definitely see some like spirit temple from Legend of Zelda influences with all the mirror puzzles. I think there's at least two kind of big mirror puzzles that they have where you're reflecting light all around a room. It kind of
2: feels like uh. at the end of the game, they put, just went, I don't know what to put here. So, just put another mirror puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. They just randomly <laughs> do that. put at it. that last
0: part so hard. Uh,
2: see, what did help is
1: because if you did the faraway camera for that puzzle, uh, you were able to get a bird's eye view of it. So, it made it much easier to do. Um the only thing with that puzzle was that I was confused. I thought I had to light like every single thing in the room at first. Oh. I didn't realize I just had to light the um the piece that one piece that would get you the sword.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so what think- about you, Keith? Yeah, I think the puzzles are, they accomplish their goal, where they exist to be a skill tester for your ability to platform in this game. And I think they accomplish that greatly. Normally, I don't like these in games, but I really enjoyed the whole hit a button and then you need to run across the room to get through door before door closes in this game, just because that's when the platforming felt its best. That's when you were kind of on a clock and you need to hit those precise jumps or else you're gonna fail and it just felt so good. So for the uh, for allowing the game to accomplish that, I think the puzzles are great.
0: Yeah, same thing. I this is usually where I drop off in games. even the three of us, whenever we talk about games, we could review on the podcast or something. If I know there's a sense of puzzles, I'm like, oh boy, like I'm probably gonna look something up on YouTube if if I can't, you know just pass something. But here it was never, like, what do I got to do? It's just like, I'm I'm not doing it right. You know, maybe I got hit, so I just got to start over or something. So I did like the fact that it was there to break the pace, which really, I, I do think that's what it is. Maybe they knew that the combat mechanics weren't so great, so they needed to add something else. But uh, regardless, I thought it was pretty good. Now, the real meat and potatoes of this game goes all the way back to the original games of Prince of Persia, which is the platforming. Uh, back in the day, those games were two uh, D game, so I, I can only imagine the GBA one is maybe kind of similar. But those games were brutal, right? Where if you, if you just messed up, you were going to die immediately. But what did you guys think about this? Where I I do think Mirror's Edge is the only clear example I can I can just think about where it's like run, you know, run up until the wall, but then jump to the other side, and then jump, and then grab this, and this right here to me didn't feel like a great game from 2003 this is the one point of the game that i'm like damn this is this is like really really good still to play
2: Mm -hmm. well it's it's assassin's creed like this is the foundation that they built the assassin's creed franchise on and i think it's really impressive that you can go back and look at these games and it feel it feels like an assassin's creed game as weird as that sounds but having played the uh the Assassin's Creed franchise first. It feels like an Assassin's Creed game and not really all that watered down. The whole going through temples and catacombs and having to platform and jump off of walls. It does it really well. And this is one of those things where I don't think that that franchise would exist, that being Assassin's Creed without them doing it so well in Prince of Persia because it gave it such a strong foundation to do so. And yeah, if there's one takeaway from this game that i would say you need to check it out in 2020 about it is the platforming and how good it still feels
1: yeah absolutely that's 100% when i was having the most fun with this game was when you're you're swinging on ropes you're kicking off walls and uh, you're you're doing all sorts of different jumps and wall runs and it's just it all feels very satisfying and they do try to switch it up every once in a while and kind of throw something a little bit different in because I remember a lot of times you were doing the wall kicks all the way up an area and then there's a couple sections where you have to wall kick down a place and that is you know it's something you didn't think it was something you would do before and the timing's a little bit trickier. So even though that you have all the same moves, every once in a while, they do throw something a little bit different that you have to do with those moves.
2: Mm-hmm. It's really weird to say, but as um, as I was playing this game, I'm also playing uh, Star Wars Jedi, Star Wars colon Jedi colon Fallen Order. And <laughs> I would almost say that the platforming in this game feels better than that game, which is like a weird thing to think about it being what 17 years later that it came out but there's just that for the ability for it to seamlessly uh, be able to put all those things together like the wall running then the jump and then the grab something and swing and then if you screw up you have that time mechanic to be as kind of like a safety blanket when something like that doesn't exist in a game that was released last year you feel that stop and the flow and it doesn't feel as nice so it's yeah. really commendable that they were able to pull that off in two
1: thousand
0: three.
1: Essentially, you could put this exact platforming in a game today, and it would not feel dated. I think no, that is like all. the best way to put it. Yeah,
0: I think the the best way to describe it for me is simple and satisfying. And the weirdest comparison is going to be like a Tony Hawk game. I feel like what's good about this is you know what you have to do, right? I mean, they even give you those flashbacks or flash forwards, technically. So it's like the game isn't about. Uh, where you got to go it's oh well how are you gonna get up there well maybe i can uh you know uh, go over here but then jump over there so it's almost like a skating or like a sports game in that regard and i love that about this game and it's the one thing that i was streaming it multiple times and many people that have played other ones uh the the, the games that came after many would agree that just just take out the damn combat in this game give me seriously, some badass platform and it's still a great game.
1: Yeah again the time mechanic is is like it's awesome when you're doing the platforming because you can use the reverse time in combat but honestly every time i used it it sucked like when i was dead from combat and um it's like oh you can reverse time i almost didn't even want to because yeah, cuz you still have to annoying. fight that
2: same crappy enemy yeah.
1: yeah i was i was most of the time wishing i could just re- do a full retry instead of reversing time cuz i would do it and you sometimes you'd mess it up and you would just immediately get hit again or you you know you reverse it and then like you didn't even go back far far enough and you just mm-hmm. wasted it. So it was just ve- I found it very frustrating to use during the combat and it was only really fun to use on the platforming.
2: It makes me really curious about the other two games in this trilogy yeah. to know if they double down on the combat or not
0: and or didn't if they, they just lean like away a, from
2: it.
1: Is the one just called Prince of Persia is that okay, like a so separate one? <laughs> from what
0: I know, from what I there's, know. Yeah, They came out with two they came out with two sequels. Mm-hmm. On on the same generation. Uh, one came out in 2004, one 2005. Now, I actually bought the one that you're talking about, Ryan, that is just called Prince of Persia. Apparently, that game is a reimagining of this one in a more okay. cell shaded form.
2: Is that the PS3 one? Yeah, the PS3 yeah. 360 okay. one. Yeah. So
0: many people have said that that game is this one, but better. Uh, it is what I've read. I, I haven't played it. Can't judge it. Some people say it is way too easy. They say like it's a really awesome experience, but you are not going to go into it for the uh, for the difficulty. But honestly, and I think this is like a really good one. You know, we've talked about a lot of games that you die a lot and you get that sense of difficulty. But I I can't describe it the same way here. I think it's just like a it, it's so much on you, just like the the basic platforming. Um, how would you describe this game in sense of difficult? Would you say it's it's hard, forgiving? Where's that at? I think I it's think, yeah. skill think it's testing. Easy. Yeah, it's yeah. skill
2: testing, but it's easy. Just because it does have that that time blanket or that time mechanic is very much uh, works with it and works against it. Where it's really good for the flow of the game, but it also Uh, acts as a hand holder that can be perceived as a lack of difficulty but i think this game would be near unplayable if they did not have that time mechanic so it's good that it's there even if it's detrimental towards the difficulty of the game
1: Yeah, it definitely, it's got, it's a little bit up and down because I think getting through the game and getting through most parts is relatively easy, but there are definitely some combat sections that are difficult. Like I said, the elevator part is definitely difficult. The platforming when you don't have the dagger, you definitely feel is a little bit more difficult because you have to be, you know, you cannot mess up once basically. And there's long sequences before the save points on those. So... Um, But for the most part, because they're very forgiving with checkpoints and the, you know, the time mechanic, it overall makes the game pretty smooth. So I'd probably put it like, I wouldn't call it easy, easy, but, you know, on the mild medium side of difficulty.
0: Before getting to the the final chapter part of the game, that definitely did change because they removed the Santa time mechanic, which in itself just does bump that difficulty up quite a bit. I, playing this game reminded me so much of why do I always think about this generation of video games? And why do I like playing these games so much? I think that with this game, and I think we're going to talk about things in a similar fashion for any other game that came out in like 2002, 2004, you had, people figured out 3D gameplay, right? Because the PS1 was experimental on 64 here. This is where games start to look better. But they're not like these overly cinematic games yet. So I feel like this game, if you made it now, in addition to having ten different wall run upgrades that I mentioned earlier, you would have like ten different uh, camera cuts that lead to like two specific cutscenes that lead to like twenty yeah. different sound. Cues. And ev-
1: every every game didn't need RPG elements yeah. added in, like you know.
0: It's just a video game. Like as weird as it sounds, it it knows what it is. And it doesn't try to be anything else. And I miss when freaking games could just do this. Yeah. Not everything needs to be overly cinematic or and overly produced. And you know, produced. it's
1: it's what like a seven eight hour game for most casual playthroughs. Yeah. So it does. It's not overly bloated or anything like that. So I, I do appreciate it. it's like you said. It knows what it is at the time. I'm sure people like the combat a little bit more. Um, and like I said. When it when the combat initially works, it is really fun, but it just never evolves. So I mean overall, it's it's an enjoyable experience. it really is.
0: So I would like to talk about that last chapter and starting off with this. So uh, it is a full-on climbing mechanic area that I have no doubt this right here is what inspired many other games because they got rid of the Santa time. So you really, really gotta think hard. Otherwise, you've got to go back. And there are checkpoints, but generally speaking, it's that satisfaction of, can I go all the way up there without, you know, failing so hard? And this, to me, as frustrating as it was, I kept thinking, like, I want more of this. I, I was actually sad because, look, at least, hey, I-, I was speaking for myself. I love the scale and the fact that I am, like, super high up and then I'm wall running. And you're putting everything that you've done in the game into practice in like this one final segment because look the boss fight sucks so for all we know like the final fight is just you climbing up here and I, I really enjoyed that part
1: yeah I was back and forth on it because I was like am I not am I like frustrated because I feel like this was a bad decision or am I frustrated because this is the biggest challenge of the game and I think Looking at it, it's. Um, I think it was a smart move. As much as I did get frustrated, it was saying, "Okay, this whole game you've been practicing. You've had your redos. You've had your mulligans. Now we're at the end of the game. We're at the hardest platforming section, and we're taking away your crutch. Like it's on you now. Like we've helped you along this whole game. Now you get to prove yourself." So I respect that they did it even though it pissed me off.
2: <laughs> yeah, I respect it, but it just felt like video game 101 of, this is the final area, we need to make it harder than the rest of the game. Like, you have your game is this one gimmick, and now you are taking away that one gimmick that made it different and unique. So now you're just another platformer for this section and it didn't it didn't feel great like yeah you got the cool sword that you didn't have to stab everybody with you could just kill them but it wasn't, like, it wasn't enough. It it felt like it was taking away more than it was a skill test, I guess, for me. Like, yes, the area was cool that you were doing it, and you could really... It was different. It wasn't just another brown, green, or gray palace. It was something that had a very unique aesthetic to it, but it was... I guess to me, it stripped down mechanics and um, amplified difficulty in a way that I wasn't a big fan of. It just felt like, a oh, okay, well, I guess I got to do this because it's a video game, and that's how video games go for their last level, and I just want to get through it and get to the end, and turns out that was even worse.
0: Yeah, It's difficult, and I totally get that. I think that somebody had a lot of fun working on that final sequence, and they should have just done more of that, but they made two other games, so... They made a lot more of that. And and it is interesting. I think one of the first things that led us to talking about this game is that it felt like, I don't know about you guys, but it felt like Prince of Persia was a thing for like 2003, 2007. And then it just kind of like disappeared.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, this, little, because uh, this little franchise called Assassin's Creed came out yeah. and kind of took the reins from it. And but the
1: thing in all is, honesty, uh, that's been a more, you know... It's been probably a more profitable franchise, I mean, given the amount of sequels that we've had. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the IP kind of fell off, especially after the movie. But... Um, one thing I will say that we didn't really touch on with the platforming is, my God, he can do all these crazy jumps and stuff, but he can't take fall damage worth a shit. Oh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> sometimes you'd be like, really? Look at those I little didn't... skinny
2: chicken legs. Those like, things wouldn't be able to he'd take He'd make
1: these huge leaps and land just fine. But then if you went, like, 10 feet off a ledge, all of a sudden, he just dies. Like, sometimes I felt... Um, And I appreciate that, you know, there was challenges of, okay, I got to climb up and hey, sometimes there's a challenge of how do I get down, right? Because, oh, you can't just find like a pole and slide all the way down. So, finding your way down could, could sometimes be harder than finding your way up. But yeah, there were times where I was like, oh, I can't just go back the way I came take you know, drop a little bit further but you would just instantly die. So I do feel like the fall damage was a little over the top.
0: Uh, There was one part, uh, my, my most annoying part about that fall damage is when you're trying to shimmy among like different gates and you have like the bats and all that, and they're trying to knock you down. So they actually knocked me down, but I needed to restart it because you're not supposed to go down that part. So the game actually didn't trigger something. So I spent, and I did this on stream, I'm like 10 minutes just thinking... I know I'm bad at video games, but I can't be that bad. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I can't. You, li- hit the you literally that's up died there.
2: in a section where they're like, well, they don't need the safety blanket here. There's no yeah, way exactly. you can die. It's impressive. Like my hat's off to you there.
0: I don't know if I should be proud or not, but you what shouldn't. matters is that happened. No, not at all. But um the the question now, and we've sort of brought this up, you know, you mentioned Assassin's Creed for me. I think the reason that I love playing this game is that I do like a linear experience. That's where the three of us can differ sometimes in video games. So I was sad when they took this away and put it on an, I mean, unbelievably successful series. They just announced a new game, so it's like, hey, who am I to be right or wrong about this, right? Um, From a scale of one to ten, if we had to rate it, because we we already agree, it's incredibly influential and probably worth playing. Uh, How high would you rate it in terms of gaming influence?
1: Gaming influence, I would probably give this a 8.5, I think, Um, with, you know, amazing platforming and the type of combat that it was trying to do that we've now seen much more refined. Um, I think those two things in particular um, have really influenced games, so it really set a great foundation. Um, you know, I would give like a nine or nine point five to something that is, you know, you know, something like a GTA Three, which just completely blew up the entire like gaming industry and influenced, you know, open world to a whole new generation. But when you can pick like two key things about this game that you see in uh, many games today, then I think an 8.5 is, is where I'd put it.
2: Yep. I'm in total agreement there where this game is a great 8.5. it's It's a good game on its own, but when you throw in the influences of everything that came after it, I think that's where it deserves its legacy and deserves an 8.5, a solid
0: A game. I think the saddest thing about this game is that it does remind us that gaming hasn't moved a lot. I think the fact that I was playing this and I'm like, oh, I, I, I've done this in other games last week on my PS4. And we're talking about a PS2 game is that graphically games have gone a lot better. And I think, you know, Ryan mentioned nowadays this would have like full on RPG elements. And I think that's mm-hmm. sort of the crutch and microtransactions the game's realized.
1: And- that yeah. would hey, probably get your, happen. Get
0: your prince of
2: persia skin you'd have to pay 2.99 $2. to get sand power. you get five yeah. runs a
0: day you got to spend them wisely yeah. man no but uh the other thing i wanted to bring up here is we actually got a comment on our discord so once again uh you can join there it is free cost you nothing and keith will actually respond to you uh at of the com i'm actually pretty discord. pretty social on there yes yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty my, awesome. like social media little hub we really just share pictures of food for the most part, but I think that's, I don't think anybody's actually going to disagree with that, right? It's pretty awesome. But it's all good food. Exactly. So, uh, one of the people there, Ace Bunny, wrote, so I listened to a French podcast, which I will not even pretend, called La Casse Retro. I'm just going to say that's a cast to the past French version. Uh, <laughs> who's talking about a retro game. La Casse and, Retro. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, for one of their episodes, they talked about the Santa Time. I was very hyped to try this game, from what I heard, and I finally bought a GameCube version on a pawn shop in Paris. I lived just 20 minutes be- beside Paris. I played it and I didn't like it. But I also bought the GBA version. That's a 2D platformer, and I enjoyed it more than the 3D game. And I think that this is a, a very interesting thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I played Tony Hawk games, and I also played the GBA ones. They do not replace the console ones, but they're still fun. But there is probably a pretty solid version in GBA that I would personally love to uh, check out. Have you guys ever had any situations like that? Where there's like an inferior technically version, right? Because it's the console game, except it's not. But you've ended up liking it more.
2: Mario Tennis for the Game Boy Color. That is Mario Tennis is a good game, but that Game Boy Color version is a great game. I would say there's some that I like. Like
1: I played Crash Bandicoot on GBA and I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it, but I wouldn't say it's better than like a PlayStation version. So, yeah, there's definitely versions I've liked, but not that I can say directly that I liked more than a console
0: version i think what's great about the gba we should talk about a gba game in the future is that uh if you love 2d platformers man the, the gba it that's can hurt you. Up. Yeah. yeah because pretty much all these games uh like i played a, I i forgot if i asked you this guys uh dragon ball advanced adventure i don't know if you've played that have you is that mm-hmm. no i remember there's like legacy League. of goku no no yeah. this is Dragon uh, ball. i think i just no, played I, oh, the legacy of goku it. games yeah 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 no this is like a, a 2d side scrolling fighting game adventure game uh that blends so many things that i'm like for a game for a game console or a game handheld with almost no buttons this is far better than it should be and Interesting. i think that those games hold up really well graphically no hmm. i think you will love it keith uh so that's something mm-hmm. that we would love to check out now uh, to conclude let me know we played this uh this game How interested would you be in the future? We're not putting any dates or or any of that, but just generally speaking, would you be looking forward or interested in playing another Prince of Persia game, whichever one it was, just to see what they took with this game and made it hopefully better?
2: I would be very curious to try out the other games in this trilogy. Like, I know the, uh, we mentioned it, the PS3 version of the game is pretty highly regarded. But just to see the lessons that they learned from this first GameCube game and see how that translate. What what is it called? Isn't it like the warrior within? Warrior within. And And I forgot the other one. Two towers or two souls or something like that. Something like that. And just to see... Return of the King. Yeah, Return of the King. (laughs) Just to see what they double down on and what they learn. And if they learn anything, or did they just recurgitate the same game twice? Because I know, if I remember correctly, they're not as highly regarded as this one. So it'd be interesting to know why.
1: Yeah, I'd be the same way. I'd want to check out two or three more than the kind of the remake. Because I'm sure the remakes just, you know... I'm sure it's fun. It's more polished version of this game. I'm very curious about those direct sequels.
0: Yeah, same here. So for everybody watching and listening, whether it be on our Discord, once again at cast of the slash Discord on uh Twitter, Cast of the past. let us know which is the, the best Prince of Persia game. I know there's also uh the Forgotten Sands, which no pun intended, I forgot existed because <laughs> Yeah, those <laughs> Sands were very
2: <laughs> forgotten. Yeah, When did that come out?
0: Uh, that came alongside that movie that Ryan mentioned. Yeah, oh. talk to us about that.
1: Okay. The movie, so essentially Disney had the rights to it and they were ba- they were trying to make this one of their next like Pirates of the Caribbean type series and you had Jake Gyllenhaal as the Prince of Persia and it was the movie. It was literally called Prince of Persia Sands of Time. Um, I saw it years ago Um after not in theaters but when it came out on DVD and it was very forgettable I'll put it that way and also you know like just a not really fitting cast of like Ben Kingsley and Jake Gyllenhaal and um, it just it didn't work at all but like it's it's a watchable movie like you're not gonna like, you can sit there, shut your brain off, and it's fine, but it's, like, just a completely That's forgettable experience. Box. And it also does not, not that this is, like, this amazing story in this game, but it, the only thing that really is consistent is that there's the dagger of time, and he can reverse time. Other than that, the stories, like, it's all different characters Ryan, and everything.
0: The real question. uh yeah. Does the movie, number one. Does it have bats?
1: I don't remember, honestly.
0: Dang, this, I, saw it, uh, I saw
1: it
2: almost like 10 years ago at this point. so This Forgotten Sands game looks like it sucks. Really? I'm watching oh, it right now. It looks like a bad God of War. When did that one come out? A year? Uh,
0: that was 2010. Okay. Okay. And then Ryan, the other question. Are, would you say the camera angles in the movie are... As good, worse, or something else in comparison to uh, this game?
1: I, I think they're, the camera angles in the movie, I'm, I'm sure it's shot fine. So, I would say that they're way better. Because, <laughs> yeah. man, trying to do that rope-to-rope jump with a terrible camera angle and, man, when the controls... You know what annoys me about this game? Is when you go, like, you're holding down on the control stick to go into another room. And then when you're in the other room, yeah, like, down means up all of a sudden. It's like, hey, if I never let go of down, I should still be going in the same direction when I enter in that actually sprinkled a
0: little bit of tank control and the change of the camera angle, which is weird.
1: Yeah, it, That yeah. just did make sense. That was terrible. Bad decision. But yeah, jumping in that sewer area where you're jumping rope to rope with that terrible camera angle. Because I couldn't figure out which way was the right way based on my angle angle i'm done with that it's, good. Crap. it's, it's
0: okay ryan what matters yeah. is the three of us played this game we completed it it is available now in the archives and will forever be part of a cast of the past everybody please let us know if there's any uh random video game topic you know we've sat down we've we put our heads together and, and listed out a couple of the games that we hope to be playing throughout the year we've learned that uh we want to focus on some positive games because this year has kind of sucked so we're trying our best to focus on games that bring us that smile keith how are you doing keith let's finish this off with a quick update you doing good buddy yeah, I honestly can't complain. Like, you know,
2: I'm kind of getting used to inside life now. The sun, shart- the sun <laughs> is starting to shine here in Canada. I'm going to clean my
0: barbecue tomorrow. I'm going to get barbecuing this weekend. Wow. Life, life is good in Hamilton House. And then Ryan, the, the question yeah. that everybody needs to know is how is Pug Henry doing?
1: He's, he's, I think I heard him barking. So I probably need to help my girlfriend out before she loses her mind. Um, But if people want to keep up
0: with the adventures, uh, where can they follow him on Instagram? On Instagram,
1: pug.henry. You can follow him. I'll also, I'll share some pictures on the Discord um, because I I think Pug Henry needs to make his debut on Discord. And that's more reason to,
0: uh, to go check that out, castthepast.com slash Discord. That is true. Only... If you make a Henry channel on the Discord, he needs his own channel. All right.
1: All right. Sounds good. I I can make make that happen. happen.
0: But everybody, uh, that's been it for this episode. Once again, if you enjoyed the podcast, leave a five-star review and up until next Sunday, we will be back with another exciting, sexy, and delicious episode of a cast to the past. Ryan from a scale of one to ten. How sexy no, 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 is Pug no. Henry?
2: Pug Henry's very sexy. I got something to say. Uh oh. You let me down, one. You severely oh, let, oh, me oh, oh, wait, wait, okay, let me down in this
0: episode. Let me know if it's this. Oh. Oh, no. Okay. The version of the person. There yeah, you, you go. Oh, you finally really got it. Got it. <laughs> it's one of the like did that happen on video or did that happen offline? I forget when that no, happened. No, it, w- it was it on was an on. episode. You yeah, forgot. Yeah. You forgot. I should have asked that. Which version of the person did you yeah, play? You for- oh! Yeah. Okay, can we start uh, over? All right. No, hell no. Let's go. Okay, the early 2000s was an interesting time for games. So and the...